0: 5 million people today right. now, that's a very large community of course how do you keep them excited engaged curious how do you give them opportunities and now we're moving into a world where community is at the center of everything
1: um, pretty much of- everything and most more disconnected we are getting as people the community is playing an important role so yeah
0: exactly i'm a big believer in 102 fans actually okay um and because today in today's times if you're able to sell courses if you're able to sell high ticket values like nfts Hmm. you don't need um, thousand people you need a hundred people but you need a hundred true believers and therefore you need to have that kind of value thankfully we're at a great time in history to build for creators and so we are building for creators.
1: Hi there, thank you so much for joining me one more time on India's first graphology-based leadership show called Absolutely Right with Aditi Sarana. I'm your host. I'm a behavioral analyst, high-performance coach, and an anti-anxiety expert. If you're new to this podcast, let me tell you what we do on our Wednesday episodes. It's phenomenal because we invite some leaders, entrepreneurs, pathbreakers who have done some interesting work in their own right. And I use a tool of graphology or also known as handwriting analysis to understand the secrets behind their journey by looking into their handwriting choices. So let me introduce you to our guest today, a professional storyteller who decided to build a community of writers or people who love to read his kind of content and reached 5 million people of like-minded people. He continues to do that for eight years without taking a break Not a single day has gone without publishing some work that his community has created. And Anuj Gosalia, who is a CEO and founder of Terribly Tiny Tales, decided to create a huge impact on the world with each tiny story at a time. I have been following his work for more than six years now. And the kind of impact that he's created is phenomenal. One of the things that I was also curious about is the community building part. A few months ago, we started India's first mental and emotional gym called APT. And as I started my journey, it became complicated difficult uncomfortable to build a community and like talking to one-on-one people and doing the coaching work when you start the group coaching part it is not as easy because you've got to keep other people engaged and that requires a lot of connection and talking more than anything else and I asked all my questions about community building to Anuj because he is an expert who would know better than Anuj to handle some creatively crazy people and a one roof of his community. So he gives us five very, very solid principles, very interesting about how to manage the community. We also talk about how a creator who is driven by his creative instincts move to his leadership duties and what happens in that conflict. It is very interesting, very, very vulnerable conversation that you're walking into. So make sure that you keep making notes and tell me which were your favorite parts of this conversation. Hi Anuj, welcome to Absolutely Right.
0: Thank you, Aditi. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Uh, mildly, uh, I wouldn't say nervous, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there is no other word, nervous. Uh, I'm looking forward to this being, a, you know, a slightly different version of the podcast i've been on usually where you know we'll kind of hopefully dive really deep into yeah just kind of leadership and and stuff that goes into making some things all the stuff that doesn't get spoken about
1: completely completely so uh you know before we dive there for our listeners to understand the scope of your work and why you chose such a difficult, unusual journey that you did back in the day. And I feel now people still understand, okay, you want to do this in storytelling and content. But when you started, six, seven years ago, I believe, that time it wasn't uh, that much in vogue and you were probably one of the first few people to start talking about micro content at this level. Why?
0: Well, so to... Fundamental reasons. One is the, the tragic truth that I, when I was younger, I could read and I would love reading. Mm-hmm. And you know, my I'm an only child, so I've spent literally summer vacations with books. Okay. And absolutely enjoyed reading. And this, of course, changed with the advent of the mobile phone and especially the smartphone. Sure. And and made much worse by the invention of Facebook and then, of course, Instagram. So all the wonderful habits of spending hours reading, sometimes even really atrocious books, uh, was lost to <laughs> lost to this like really heady dopamine-filled world of uh, right. Facebook and Instagram. So I just stopped reading, and um, that was one problem because I was like, like how many memes and how many selfies and how many <laughs> uh, WhatsApp forwards can you uh, consume, consume in a day? Mm-hmm. And and so, it was part an ambition to solve my own problem, which is if I can't read, mm-hmm. um, can I create a format which is more conducive for me alone? Um, and then as a writer, uh, one interesting thing. So I had a blog, and you know back in the day, blogs had no um, no anxiety around how long they were or. Sure. Who reads them? Like, you know, even if like they were the podcast people... of that time, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So absolutely, podcast of our time. So it was that. And then the moment that transferred to Facebook, you started seeking validation. And so, in a crude way, each time I wrote something lengthy, it got like four likes, and every time it was pithy short. It got 40 and so it's very crude A B test, right? Like, I was like, oh, what is happening here every time? It I'm also hurts,
1: something... right? Like, I, it... sometimes I sometimes I record <laughs> these videos which are like seven minutes long and I really have value that I want to tell our listeners or even viewers on Instagram. And then you do 30 seconds reel and they just love it. And I'm like, I gave so much more value otherwise, but I hear you.
0: I hear you. Yeah, so it was the same. I thought my long format was banging, but clearly only <laughs> I, I, I thought. And every time I wrote something pithy, it worked. So I was like, hey, look, man, um, make something people want. It's like the Y Combinator tagline. Uh, And if people are, you know, explicitly, very clearly with data, 10x data saying we like this, then can I improvise on that format? And I think that's, that's an interesting way to look at some consumer feedback, which is if you get something, you don't necessarily have to stick with like, okay, they like short, so it's. It's stupid mm. uh, or it, it, it'll be devoid of value. Can we innovate within it? So it's it's like the reels, like, okay, it's a format, one minute, 30 seconds. Now what, with what it? can it's, you do? It's the constraint, right? So then within that constraint, I said, okay, can we tell a story? Can we tell, instead of just writing these tweet-like things, mm. opinionated, can it be storified and so early idea behind Terribly Tiny Tales? Fun fact, uh, some of the names I explored were, were such short stories. Okay. Um, (laughs) And so I was like, then there was tiny tales. I was like, there's no ring to it. Tiny tales. Yeah, but terribly tiny
1: was very interesting. Like, you know, using a word like that in your own brand name.
0: Yeah. And, and so, I mean, like, honestly, extended family, so many people still confuse it for terrible. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, it's hey the Negative cheese? Why you Right. Ne. Yeah. Yeah. So and plus it had like a black background and the office was black in colors. They really thought I was into dark shit. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it was hard to explain for the longest. So time. one more
1: time, do not pay attention to your relatives and Sharmaji. What
0: k- <laughs> um, But yeah, those were the early days of of just saying, hey, look. A while this does not pay the bills and so i i was running an advertising agency a content agency to mm-hmm. to support myself um i always felt as a creator that i you know it's like one of those passion project things right like you might make money from something else but like you know you, have you have might to do be this. Doing, yeah you do it because you just want to do it that's it's the kind of stories you want to tell it's the kind of whatever. Um, expression you want to leave with the world and so that this was my tiny literally tiny attempt it turns out there were just thousands of more people like me who couldn't read and who were like hey this is nice it's a good thing on our feeds and so it just blossomed into um, a very large community over time
1: So I I know your wife and she's a friend. So Sharanya and I, when we met for the first time, she was talking about how you were going to colleges, talking to them about the whole initiative that you wanted to express through storytelling, which is that tiny, were hiring people from colleges, like interns and all of that. It was like a huge activity that you guys were up to.
0: I I think the format became so interesting for colleges and for educational institutions because they were like hey what is happening here hmm. um, a bunch of kids from our college are instead of reading literature and getting <laughs> drawn drawn to our textbooks they're writing in this uh, tweet-sized fiction format and so i think both at an academic level at a at a just a consumer interest level i think there are just many things interesting about the format that colleges started inviting us to do workshops. How nice. um, and so they were like, hey, look, you know, the brevity clearly is the truth of our times and mm. it's the need of the hour and all of those things. Like no one's going to read an essay. <laughs> <laughs> so so from email to short stories to just being...
1: Literally tiny yeah,
0: yeah. So they were like, this is a great skill and I still absolutely believe that um, brevity is, is perhaps... One of the most valuable skills today because now with the everyone on the internet sure. you know like attention is getting worse and what writing can pithy powerful writing can do today in terms of compounding the effect it has like what a novel Ravikan's tweets do okay. which are essentially like really pithy wise uh, aphorisms i mean they're just like you know they're changing the world in so many small ways so and they're great
1: reminders and you can actually connect with them in the hour of need which otherwise didn't happen
0: absolutely so so yeah that was that was actually the college extension which is like can you plug in this need um in colleges so workshops
1: so when was that turning point where you felt that this is working
0: i think money is a money is a great signal of is one of the definite signals of success. So there were two, right? Like one is that the community is growing, which means, hey, look, people love what you do. I think that's the foremost signal, which is not not engagement necessarily, but connection and depth of connection. So I really still seek that. Even though the language has changed in 2021, uh, which is you could just optimize for reach and views. and, um, But I think the depth, of comments, mm. right? Like, so if someone gets really impacted by your video mm. or by your story and they write like a four line comment, that yep. really means you've done something to one person. So, and shares, I feel like shares is also, or bookmarks is a strong signal of your work um, impacting people. So, I think those two things were valuable as a hey, look, we're onto something meaningful. Hmm. may or may not make money but it's meaningful and I think in 2015-ish when brands started approaching us so colleges and then brands saying hey look you're telling stories we still don't fully understand this Facebook Instagram beast can you tell stories on our behalf Hmm. and that became very exciting because suddenly now this format is including a brand message becomes more challenging of course but and then they're willing to pay you for what you love doing and so that combination was just like hey look let's stop everything else and let's give this a shot of course um, and yeah i always felt like the agency model was not very i was not very well suited to uh, just as a person to the agency model i think it's just over years some of the dynamics have become very complicated in that model hmm. um So I just never long-term wanted to build out a stereotypical advertising agency. So this was a great opportunity to say, hey, look, let's do great work and hopefully enough people will pay us to continue doing it.
1: I'm smiling also because when I look at your handwriting, uh, there is a trait that fits more to TTT than somebody who can run an ad agency in a stereotypical Uh way, which is saying things for what they are.
0: Oh, does, does my handwriting review that? Okay. Yes.
1: When you write your lowercase letter T, just look at the end of it. It is a pointed ending. Yeah. And it is like a cross. So anybody who has a pointed ending in the letter T like that talks uh-huh. about how straight to a point of being blunt you are.
0: Wow. Yeah, that, I mean, so I usually get the reverse feedback, although in my head, I'm always, uh, always what, you're saying uh, but i tend to also i i maybe it'll get revealed with other parts of my writing is i i mean my instinct is to think about how the other person will receive the message and so i can be more deliberate and cautious sometimes yes
1: but you might be cautious but your approach to look at any problem any conversation is direct so whenever you walk into a conversation you look for what is the black part of it what is the white part of it you would not you are not confused about the gray and that is difficult for people to fathom yeah they are like okay but how about other things so while messaging it like your you have done to your content you would convert it in the manner that people can accept it more palatable for them but that doesn't mean you are unclear or you are confused about it
0: yes that uh, would be accurate yes so
1: so on our show you don't say accurate you say absolutely right
0: oh you yes, yes. <laughs> say <laughs> oh my god i love it i love it i'm gonna use this multiple times now yeah. to <laughs> ensure the branding is reinforced <laughs>
1: So so when we look at your risk-taking abilities, I want to talk about this because I started the conversation. When you write in handwriting, we have something called margins. So the right side of the page is what we consider as the future that you're approaching. And people who write closer to the right side of the margin are more risk-takers than otherwise. Mm -hmm. But I do see a pattern that your initial part of the sample is where you were kind of tiptoeing risk covers but there is a shift there's a drastic shift out of which you committed to take the Mm -hmm. risk to walk into the situation and do Mm. whatever it takes Mm. probably oh yeah it's
0: interesting (laughs) it starts on the left and then
1: then it moves towards right and and last two three lines are very very close to the margins yeah so was there a turning point around three years ago where you said, okay, not even like during the pandemic, much before that, I would say, where you sat down and you of okay, I have to do this in a manner where I give in all.
0: Uh, yeah, two, I mean two turning points. One is of course in 2018 when I for whatever reason I had to part with my my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a turning point to the to the extent that I I mean of course i knew that i was we had one very uh important person less in in the team to take this forward and therefore the stakes became much higher for me but that was more a survival um uh, time then so i was... wouldn't
1: say that that point i would say something else where internally you felt committed to
0: yeah i think it was definitely the pandemic i i for me the moment we hit the pandemic and you know, I, I, it was a small disconnected thing. I was, you know, just, just out of, you know, what my friends were doing, I was inspired and I was serving meals to people who needed food. And I, I just seeing the disconnect between where my life was and theirs. And even though in my own head, I was obviously, you know, we didn't know how much brands would spend and what our business would look like. Everything was so up in the air. So I was obviously anxious about our growth but the perspective just made me one absolutely hungry to become bigger so that and it and uh, yes and the, the concurrent desire to also give so i think those two things became very very um magnified post the pandemic saying hey look i've been privileged blessed one part of you know just family and you know parents have taken care that we have a home. And then with some amount of effort, we've ensured that we will not have a survival problem. So Mm. I think there is, so yeah, that's where the left has, I've always been a cautious risk taker where Mm. I've always said, Hey, look, because again, the, you know, there's so much of unlearning to do uh, around middle-class upbringing and, you know, the worry of, uh, you know, getting to zero, Mm. you know, you're always worried about getting to zero. And so you always want to say, okay, ha, maine ke itne paise ho, then you can take risks. Ke itne. Mm. So you have this mentality around um, saying, Hey, look, you know, I want to ensure that we're not, if this does not work, you're not like, you know, you're not on the road. Literally of course, that okay. that fear.
1: And I know you, both of you uh, actually cooked the meals at home and then sent it. So it wasn't like you're only coordinating with NGOs and all of that. So there was a lot of personal involvement there in that whole project and i've seen so many photographs and videos and stories So i'm aware of the amount yeah. of energy went in and love went into that so it was amazing
0: yeah, yeah. so i think that was definitely a massive uh, ambition kicker you know i used to always wonder if i'm hungry enough to make a really big business mm. um because a part of my personality can settle very easily Mm-hmm. Uh, I can be happy. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah the It's Very nice. Uh, uh, it's very nice. But I, I, I think the pandemic has definitely unlocked that uh, desire.
1: So when we look at your entire phase, and I, I want to take a moment here, I think risk taking and pandemic, and as I said, it is not correlated, because I also feel the connection that you feel with your team has changed. And I think that was pre-pandemic. That is not during the pandemic. Is somewhere you started realizing the kind of impact your work is not only creating on your community at large, but on people. And you are a highly emotional person who functions in pragmatics. So you have to be convinced, you have to have your love, your heart into things for you to even move towards them. So when you say, I'm content and I'm like, you know, relaxed about it, is because you don't get inspired by many things. Mm. But when you do, then the way you approach it, the way you actually execute things are very practical. But the, the core of it has to be something that is inspiring within. And, you know, I'm, I'm s- stating all these things because sometimes you, people put you either in a practical box or an emotional box. But we are not like that. Some people are wired differently. Some people get inspired in one way and execute in another. So I just wanted to specify that because the way you look at your team and as we walk into, we will walk into the leadership conversation, I want to make sure that we set this context that how much it matters to you that there is harmony around you when you work with people.
0: Absolutely right. (laughs) I told you, we'll plug in many times. Um, But yeah, while you talk about this, I do recall one moment which is i think in 20 early 2020 this is before the pandemic jan 2020 Mm -hmm. i think we made one shift which is the business model and just for listeners to get a quick context uh, of one significant meaningful way in which TTT generates revenues when brands come to us and um, they tell us hey look we're doing this campaign say for example swiggy is launching swiggy genie or they're launching Instamart. hypothetical and they'll be like, hey, look, can we do a campaign with TTT and kind of generate awareness or education or just interest around this service? And we'll do a bunch of content for them to just make sure that in our formats, our community, which is a large community, they get to know of Sugi and that it exists. That is one. In 2020, uh, Jan 2020, we flipped that uh, model where, and we said we will launch our own IPs, uh, which okay. is like, hey, look. We are a storytelling company and we don't need to be dependent on brands um, to tell our stories. Um, mm. And some of our stories will need money and therefore we just can't wait till for a brand to come. How about we create the idea and go to the brand? Mm. Um, I think that was a pretty meaningful turning point in, in terms of also what you were saying just pre-pandemic mm. uh, in terms of just excitement and enthusiasm around the model, which is, hey, look. If we really want to tell some of India's finest stories, we it cannot just be centered around waiting for a brand. We need to tell ours. We built mm-hmm. out a bunch of independent IPs. One has become very popular, it's a show called Butterflies, uh, which we do right. ev- every year. In fact, we did twice uh, last year. Then there's a, an IP called Sacha Pyar. So essentially, we're becoming the modern studio from India, a lot like TVF, Dice right. Media. Um, and yeah, just this whole thing around when people watch great content on Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime. There's this whole question saying hum kasaka bananges content, you know. Right. So you watch a Game of Thrones and you're like, wow, these guys are so good. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm like, look, we can build out a great content company from India and we definitely want to give it a shot at becoming that. So yeah, that was that was
1: that that sounds like it. This is what I was going for because I feel it's so much more than only the, the need to help. It's, it's like the need to express and find your yes. own voice and then yes. uh, stand for it, whether people yes. like it or not.
0: Yes. I think
1: that's very, very interesting. So uh, do you have any questions for me? Is there something that I can answer for you?
0: I do care for harmony and I do care for synchronicity in the team you know there's a beauty at least in the head it's like a band <laughs> right like uh, it's <laughs> you're perf- performing in a band and it's just nice if every member of the band is in harmonious sync. Yeah. in sync as driven as but it's never true in in reality sure. and so it's a uh, very hard for me personally to shake the band so to say, hey, look, you're not good enough for the band. Out you go. Mm. Um, it's hard for me, um, and I, I'm curious to know if you've identified anything either in the handwriting, or um, or just outside of that. If you have learned with all the experience that you've had working with other leaders uh, on on what what other traits that kind of enable you to take kind, but important decisions, because eventually bad band members also impact the good ones, right? So it's not yes. like you're, you're by just not by taking care of the bad ones, you're not taking care of the good ones in some That's so true. capacity. Best said.
1: Best said. So but yeah, it's
0: again, it great, great <laughs> in the head, but harder to execute. So how how do leaders or how do effective leaders kind of do it faster, better?
1: So I'm going to answer this question in two parts. Uh, One first is why is it difficult for you to do it? And then we will move to what probably you can do. Okay. So the first part uh, is when I look at your lowercase letter M, there are two Mm. interesting aspects to it. Uh, Mm. One is it is created with nice, large humps like MACD's logo, you know, Mm. like, so you have like those nice round curves in the letter M, they talk about how your every decision is based on collecting data. Every time you uh, walk into a situation in a conversation, you're observing, you're absorbing and you might not read about it. You might not research on Google about it, but you have these acute observations. So when people ask you, so why do you think this person will work for our team or why, you know, any, any hiring decision for that matter is based on those all minute observations. So you take time, you do not quickly get excited about hiring a person. You're like, okay, let's see how it goes. And, And that's your style in general. But the second part of the same letter is the second hump is taller than the first one that talks about someone who fears rejection, who fears in that sense, uh, failure by making you a perfectionist. So any failure that is out there, and that's, uh, that's also connected to your risk taking abilities. So when you decided to take risk, I can imagine how tough, that decision is and how committed you need it to be to walk all in to figure it out but coming back to the point mm-hmm. when you are firing someone and when you see them rejecting you or other team members not liking that decision or not being fully convinced about it Uh, your heart goes out you're like oh my god what if this leads to something that i that is not expected or not pleasant and going back to the need for harmony what if it disturbs the overall harmony in the team so these thoughts when they are very very uh, active and predominant you cannot focus on the thing that you know you require to do right now You start with the pragmatics, as I was again talking about, and when you're like, okay, this is a practical thing, this person needs to go, and you're very clear about it. But as you start walking into it, emotions take over, right? So there is this beautiful part about for leaders, they must understand and speak the language other people understand. But at the same time, they must write their own scripts. And this is where the the gap is. You start with your own script with complete clarity as you walk into the situation and start understanding their language. Sometimes, or I would say mostly in in an unpleasant situation like that, you start buying into their stories. And that makes it difficult. That moves you away from your own clarity about why you want to do and how you want to do things. And this is where I want to move to the second part of it. We use a, a technique called FACTS and facts, I really like it. And I have been using it with many high performers in our coaching modules. And it takes some time to kind of build it. But I just want to tell the abbreviation and why it is important is being firm, Mm. being authentic, being calm, being tactical, and solution oriented. So all these parts are important. If you're not firm, which is the first part of it. When you start buying into the stories or you start getting emotional about it or start being concerned about how other people would look at it is the first part. Then authentic is like knowing, okay, this is what I require to do. And no matter what happens, I'm going to stick to it and figure it out. Now, while walking to the on that journey, whatever you have decided, staying calm, I think it's very, very difficult. Because when you're not uh, emotionally there Or if you are getting emotional about it, you may start justifying, you may start pushing people. You might say, no, no, that's not acceptable. How could you even break that or start finding faults to convince, whereas you're already convinced about it, but to convince other people. Now, these things are out of your nature because as I mentioned, you are that blunt, straightforward, black and white person. So for you as a leader, you have learned to mold yourself in this manner. And I'm using these words because when I look at your signature, it is more public uh, persona driven, making sure that they feel comfortable. You would socialize more than what you require to do personally, only so that the team feels that we are uh, uh, one family or like one community. Mm -hmm. Now you do these things and after some time it gets to you, but you kind of rise up and you do that as a role of a leader. So staying calm becomes difficult when you know that you're not convinced about the so-called bullshit that people are selling you. You're not convinced Mm. about it. You're like, okay, Mm. I I can see through this. Mm. I I know what you're telling me is not true, but this is where that, that confusion happens. And tactical is an essential aspect of it. The fourth point was tactical. Fifth was solution-oriented. I think you are solution-oriented. No matter where you fall, what happens, you're like, okay, where, where is the solution? Like, let's be part of the solution than the problem. Like, you think Absolutely. like that. So Absolutely. that's not the concern. But I think the bigger concerns here would be uh, not being firm in the, mo- in the face of emotion, losing your calm, and not being able to be tactical. Because hmm. tactical is constantly figuring out what this person requires me to say or deal with the situation, and you you personally think this is a waste of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, it's it's just much easier if some of the um, manoeuvery things were um,
1: outsourced were out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> were out of the
0: way, and so you know because both people again it's my. Um, belief that at a fundamental level both people know the uh, the tensions and so if you get to them the sooner you get to them but yeah i do agree that um because of me being emotional mm-hmm. and seeking harmony it's at opposition to my uh, need to be firm in these situations right so that that's where i yeah the growth
1: But Anuj, I also want to speak about this another angle that you know very clearly these are not your comfort zones. And, you know, last six, seven years i have convinced you over and over again how this is where you get caught up. So for next one year, as you have decided to grow this business, what if you take that most uncomfortable aspect as your adventure game? So if you challenge yourself in that manner is where the actual shift would happen They say, okay, if this is uncomfortable, I'm going to deal with it. And you're like, I don't like it. And then there will be this whole conflict within, but after you do it, like say 30, 40, 50 times, you would definitely be more comfortable. And you know, this, like, this is your, you know, you absolutely don't want to do this and you avoid those situations that leads to aggravating them.
0: Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. right yeah i agree um i so two things that i have tended to do one helps in to some level which is higher for some of the discomfort because again of course. um as sure. as i've grown older i've also realized that your finite time as a leader organization being and so you want to play to strengths and so one is higher for some of the weaknesses and yes at some level some of the growth areas Uh, cannot be outsourced you I think have to take them head on and Mm -hmm. so yeah that
1: no I'm also saying you can hire this hire for discomfort but in your case and also for our listeners or other aspiring leaders the very moment you say okay this is my problem area and I'm going to walk into it because it is my problem area and gamifying it so until you do not say, learn the skill or, you know, talk to other friends who are really good at it. And there are some people who are really good with their tactical conversations. Absolutely. But we don't go and ask them these questions, right? We are like, okay, but, you know, this is my problem and I will learn on the way. But there are people who have hacks for it. And, you know, I have observed so many leaders in the way they, they do the discomfort how they walk into the discomfort or how they would do these most difficult straightening conversations. You know, sometimes you have misunderstandings with people or you land up fighting, you know, dealing with other conflicts that other people are going through the way they walk into it. And when our clients have spoken about it, I'm glued because that is a conflict resolution where most leaders fail or struggle with.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, i think that's also one of the things that i'm learning to do more uh, generously is kind of seeking help where where you're because you're not i mean i was not good at one tenth the things that i'm good at now and i think most of that contribution has come from other people and so you forget right because as you grow you feel like you know either uh, it's not beneath you, but it is like, hey, look, everyone's going to be busy. Is this too silly? Is this too stupid to ask someone? And you can ask your close friends, but I think that network can be wider. And um, there is no foolish or stupid question, honestly. Never, never. So, so, yeah. So that's also a hack that has uh, begun to work. So in many, again, tactical things like sales, um, small things like, you know, who does your accountancy? Of um, small hacks. Like yeah. the moment you just ask, it just opens up. You know, founders are also amazing, um and just people who build anything, right, or yeah. make anything. I think pe- they realize how hard this journey is, and so they're just they're incredibly kind and willing to help. And I've also learned this every time. You know, you ask one question, then, or bata, or bata. Literally,
1: and that's such an interesting part because most people have this notion that that people who are already there. Were already successful why would they help and actually yeah. they do because they know where you're at and how you're struggling and yes. I, I think that whole power of asking other people for help and asking the questions i think it's phenomenal on that note your next question
0: yes as we move to a fast growth uh, larger wider organization there's going to be a lot more people who join into an existing culture which is so it's Ally lie to the harmony question, but it's different from the point of view that what can leaders do to protect the good things about the harmony, right? So there's some incredible things that TTT does today, which make it work. Mm. And as you grow and you grow faster because the demands on a you know, if we raise money and when we raise money, um, the demands to grow will compound. Right. And so all the harmony, which is also a function of speed, Right. Like it's, it's harmonious when you, when your RPM is a certain number, but the moment that number changes, the, some of the band members start shaking. And so are there any tips or any learnings around how to protect this as uh, some of the good things as organizations go?
1: I would say the first thing about protecting the good things is be willing to let them go. Hmm. Because the very moment you start thinking about that, how can I like actually maintain this is where it becomes pressurizing. So reinventing yourself to create that harmony over and over again and letting it go if need be is very essential. Like I've seen startup founders and specifically in the startup culture as such, people who are you know, more reliant on the fact that they can recreate it, hmm. they are free with their decisions. Right. People who are willing to to experiment and try newer things will also upset other people. But you cannot protect harmony. You can only create it over and over again. So if it goes off, you show up, you kind of do whatever is needed. Obviously, I I need not tell you because you're already set in that mindset where you want to make sure that when you build an organization, everybody gets their space. They have what they require. So all the basic hygienes of harmony are taken care of, but we are not talking about it. We're talking about more creative growth oriented mindset for every person. We're speaking from more from that perspective, right? So there the harmony cannot be just uh, be maintained by one person or one leader, but when you are consistently showing up, over and over and over again and people see that consistency that no matter what happens, he will choose to make sure that we function in a more efficient manner. We will keep moving forward. Even if it is difficult, we will take those calls. When people observe you doing that over and over again, then they would feel more aligned. But there is no way of protecting...
0: So essentially, the values that enable harmony can scale but the harmony itself cannot scale
1: cannot and, and yeah, you cannot be uh, this, that's like literally like a byproduct of what you're doing in your value system because if yeah. you make that as a goal then anybody can come and absolutely push you off the cliff and then you're always wary of that one person who may do it and that is extremely stressful and that causes anxiety and then that's not fun game to begin with
0: got it Okay, very nice. Okay, do you have any questions for me while I, I think do. of my next one? Yes, I do.
1: So, when I look at your signature, you know, uh, that you write the letter A and it is encircled, hmm. which means yeah. it is covered. And, graphologically speaking, that means you are a very private person. You do not uh, open up easily. You do not, uh, it's also a sign of slightly being more introvertish than otherwise. But because there's a cover, which also like looks like this big first letter in your signature, which yeah. gives away the information as if you're a very social person. So it's kind of misleading, but also it serves you because it gives you your personal space. At the same time, you can be the face of your organization wherever needed. So what were the principles and struggles while creating a community? Because this personality doesn't go with someone who is naturally a social person, somebody who would get 50 people together and do something together. So you really strategically move towards community building. So what were the things that you kept in mind while doing that?
0: It's very well observed because I, I kind of use the metaphor of the cave and sunlight. So kind of I I need both. Okay. Um, you know, I, I like to spend, spend time in the, in the sunlight to just, get the energy to get the insights to just connect with people but without the cave i'm just like i feel extremely empty and um malnourished and devoid of energy so i find all the um, inspiration and all the ambition and just self-growth very very privately so yeah the the signature is accurate to that sense um the community building is is actually Interestingly, kind of similar because you know a great community. The signs of a great community are when people internally um, kind of connect mm. over kind of a shared value, right? And in the case right. of TTT, it's writing stories, um, microfiction for a long time, but now it's much wider. Create creation, creativity, mm. and so yeah. I think good communities need just stakeholders and and people who care about it. And at the same time, have the faith and the trust that the community is well chosen and it's invited the right kind of people and they can create amongst themselves too. And they can build something or add value to the idea independent of the founder or the leader of the community. So I think that has helped because we've built it in a way and that's the ambition going forward as well. I think I'm. I care a lot about the people who care about the mission. Mm -hmm. It really uh, gives me incredible joy to see uh, young folks be able to tell their story. I think the reason why we want it to be democratic, of course, I also care about the end product. So I don't want people to consume shitty stories. I want people to consume great contents. We made the TTT app as an open platform. And very quickly, we realized that just people were... Posting a lot of random shit. You know, it slowly became like the WhatsApp messages domain. With all your uncle and aunts in it. uh, Yeah, without the uncles and aunts actually. But they were just like dumping, you know, WhatsApp forwards and like really (coughs) bad content. So I like a moderated community. I like, you know, people when people care about the craft and yeah, they're aligned, they're growth seeking and so that was a big learning which is like just because you build ttt and you open it to everyone everyone's not going to align to the values right um you need to set the guidelines you need to work towards building that community you just can't let it lose Mm. so personally i've been able to do it in the early days of ttt and as we've grown we've got community managers and incredible ones who care about the community as much as me So we've been blessed uh, with hiring incredible people. Um, But yeah, as we grow bigger, the challenges compound, right? So, you know, 5 million people today. uh, That's a very large community. And so how do you keep them excited, engaged, curious? How do you give them opportunities? And now we're moving into a world where community is at the center of um, everything. Pretty much everything, yeah. Everything, right? Like Web3 especially enables community in the um, most empowered way. So, and most
1: more disconnected we are getting as people, the community is playing an important role. So yeah.
0: Exactly, so the ironical thing around you know, it, I've, I've always believed in the internet. So for me, these ideas are never um, hard to fathom. So, you know, connect. I've built all my value, reputation, wealth, <laughs> On the internet, so right. I'm a I'm an internet baby. Um, I love the internet. So all the problems I embrace, all the uh, all the beauty <laughs> I celebrate, you know. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I get the need for building even more robust communities. So that's going to also be part of TTP's like it's relearning. Yeah, relearning what we knew mm. in this modern context. So if you
1: have to talk about, say, five things, uh, a new community builder or a content creator or somebody who is interested in growing their business to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. So I think one is to very clearly define an not an outcome, but a a path, right? So it, it, what is this community about? We are product managers who want to, build some of the world's best products. This is mm-hmm. that community where a bunch of writers who want to reimagine writing for the next decade or whatever. right? So mission, uh, which is ambitious and yet it doesn't have to be watertight that people are like, oh, yeah, khatan ho gaya to hum jeet Making it very lucid. So one is that. Second is, it's like a lot like building an organization. Your first 10, 20 members that join the community are going to be like extensions of co-founders
1: mm-hmm. they
0: are the ones who are going to take your values and beam them out so choose wisely so your first 20 50 you, hires you, you
1: actually also believe in that uh the the first or the best thousand fans
0: or tr- thousand two fans yeah absolutely 100 yeah. percent. so i'm a big believer in 102 fans actually Okay. Um, and because today in today's times, if you're able to sell courses, if you're able to sell high ticket values like NFTs, hmm. you don't need um, thousand people. You need a hundred people, but you right. need a hundred true believers. And therefore, you need to have that kind of value that you get hundred people who will pay pretty much anything for what you do. True. Um, so I believe in that. These hundred true fans can actually be part of the community. Hmm. Uh, so make sure you choose those 100 wisely or the 10 wisely second is your first few people you you kind of yeah yeah i mean when you say you're on a community you don't just unlock the gate right like you you essentially i don't know from a type form to interviews to like hey i'm starting this do you want to Mm -hmm. join so literally treat it like a hiring assignment wow So treat every
1: community member as somebody you are hiring in the beginning.
0: In the beginning, in the beginning, yes. Because otherwise, um, the value. Because otherwise, you'll open the floodgate, and suddenly you're listening to a thousand different people. Yeah, you're like, oh, why did I even begin this? What was Mm. the point? Right. So you don't want to be lost. So that's number two. Number three would be um, consistency. I think the the only the singular reason for our success has been we've posted for the last eight years wow. and haven't missed a single day that's incredible,
1: that's yeah, incredible. So 2013
0: to 2021 not one day has gone without a story right mm-hmm. so that's that many and just days. to
1: stay afloat like this it's so much of work
0: yes so i think that is a principle that i i'm trying to imbibe personally for my own creator journey because that's so hard i'm like shit PTD karte hai, but I can't seem to write a tweet every day. It's so hard. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So number three is consistency. Fourth is genuine engagement. Like if you are adding value, you cannot say autopilot. You have to, uh, so either you or the 102 fans will yeah. have to comment, reply, guide, build some constructs around which the community can hang around. Hmm. You should look at the product, folks. So incredible community. You should look at um, a lot of these DAOs, right? Like Super Team, which Tanmay and hmm. Devaya hmm. run is a is again early makings of a kick-ass community. A lot of creators run very good communities. Hmm. Uh, there's a creator called Avanti who has a great Discord community. So, okay. um, so yeah, just recommendations. So those are four points. My last point would be. I think it's a more philosophical point to remember that you're because of the people who cared for you. So like, you know, they, the community makes you and if you genuinely went out to build a community and not an audience, right? Like mm. an audience, you could say, hey, look, aaj, ye hai kal koi aur huga, I'm a star. Mm. Um,
1: the
0: community operates differently. A community is like you're also learning from them. You're benefiting from them. You're um, your economic and your whatever, like, it's adding to multiple value for you. So mm-hmm. to never forget that. Yeah. Not but so tiny, but hopefully helpful. <laughs> so,
1: so many times when people are driving your content strategy or they're driving where you are taking your business, is does it become like headless chickens coming together? And do you have to then take charge and figure it out the way you mentioned about the app, but otherwise also on a daily basis?
0: Yeah, I think good leaders tend to repeat a lot. Um, I don't repeat as much as I should be. Like, you know, you what are you building? Why are you building it? You'd solve a lot of problems if everyone in the team knew what the organization does and what its long-term ambition is. And because in my head, I would have repeated it so many times that it's kind Mm -hmm. of boring for me. It's like someone reading out a script, you know. Uh, like a filmmaker when the filmmaker by the time the filmmakers on the edit table they're so bored of their own content that they have no objectivity they're of like course. just disinterested but they forget that the audience has never seen it so good filmmakers can still you know I've seen some great filmmakers they'll still laugh at the jokes on the edit table which they wrote like a month ago and they or even more than that yeah and so yeah. they'll connect uh, I'm talking just in the case of a short film in feature mm. films like a year ago of course, um, and they've seen the actor acted they've seen it like so many times but they still respond instinctively so i think good leaders should be able to repeat their messaging without getting bored or losing enthusiasm mm. uh, and saying hey look this person doesn't know what we do here sure. again so i think that solves for the headless chicken problem because then people start internalizing it uh, so i'm also and- reminded
1: of the fact that for, I've been doing this for 18 years. And yeah. pretty much every week, I'm, I'm asked this question, how does graphology work? Does it really work? Or, uh, how can handwriting talk about huh. my personality? And first five years, I'm like, I cannot be answering this question again and again, and again, until I took a break, took a sabbatical and then came back. Uh, knowing that how much I love it, I'll answer this question every single day. It doesn't matter. In but- every
0: podcast, when every <laughs> guest asks <laughs> we...
1: <laughs> But But so now, now, actually... now you understand because you've gone through that one cycle of like dropping it because you got bored answering the questions and you see the value of answering the questions. So I hear you exactly. loud and clear.
0: Exactly. It's like, uh, you know, how did TTT start is a question I get asked in many different manners. Right. So I'm like, hey, look, this is a, an important story because for so many different reasons. I right? is founding, energy, inspiration. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm like, hey, look, ask me again. But just to personally, I still think within the organization, I, I don't repeat our stories enough. And I think mm. that's um, also something that I, I definitely need to. I, the advantage of a remote setup is that you can document this and share more uh in a more scaled manner you don't have to talk to everyone right. um so that has helped for sure we are a, a remote setup suits my uh, leadership style i think <laughs> yeah, you a get your cave
1: far. and sun, sunshine both together
0: yeah so it's it's uh i think i can uh, build a stronger organization remotely i feel
1: so how has it changed you as a writer being an entrepreneur like this
0: i think i i i seek to write now to solve problems more than always expressed. So I think that the reason to write ha- have opened up. Earlier it was just expression, introvert kid, um, mm. no siblings. So like stories like that. So imagination finding a place in the world. But now it's like chaos in the mind finding. Uh, clarity on wow. screen paper um, this you know problem not being articulated very well finding better articulation on on paper
1: one of my favorite quotes uh, by ursula who is an author and a poet she says words are events and they can change you, they can change the person who's speaking and the person who is receiving the words, but they're events, they're never like only oh words God. or letters written. And, that is beautiful. Yeah. So when when we look at uh, your own format, your own journey, and I'm using the word journey loosely here, but you know how in in perspective, when you put all these experiences, what stands out? Like what makes it so meaningful to go even deeper. And and I'm not talking about money and otherwise success factors. But what is that one thing that keeps you going? And not only now, but to be able to deliver a story a day required so much of back-end work and, and just to sustain that grind.
0: There are two answers to this. One answer is the, on some days, the honest answer is you just do it because you've been doing it. That's yes. a very mo- a vulnerable answer. That is, a, Sometimes when you're lost and uh, you ask why you're doing it, you mm-hmm. still just end up doing it. It's like you just show up and you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the reason doesn't pop right. up very strongly. So when I was writing, I honestly thought writing was a... Hobby and mm-hmm. you know, series maybe your hobby may be hobby <laughs> me aata da, writing, reading, music, reading, writing, music, travel. <Yeah. laughs> so, so I never imagined honestly being able to monetize it. I always imagine me doing something a lot more boring and tedious to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, boring and tedious for me, and so. Yeah, I just, that because we've been able to enable this, I've been able to enable this for me. Uh, now I feel like, hey, look, this is so amazing. And there's just so many incredible storytellers mm-hmm. uh, that I've discovered in the last eight years that if not for more, at least for them, but I know there are so many more mm-hmm. that if we can build the right tools and so it's where the tech play for TTT is so important that if we can build the tools, then there's so many people will do what they love uh, and make money and of it's as simple and as beautiful as that which is like hey look writing is also work mm. is but is extremely meaningful for people who find meaning in it mm. and just like any other industry it's not very well organized and many other industries have been organized this mm. hasn't been uh, and content creation is so raw and new and it's not very well organized but it's going to be so much bigger so Thankfully, we're at a great time in history to build for creators. And so we're building for creators.
1: That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for doing it because it has inspired so many people. and also i I have you know I mean every I've been following your content for a very long time now, and I feel people have found their voices. People have spoken about their deepest problems. and then when they found other people who resonate with it, you know the whole idea that you're not alone when you're dealing with all of that absolutely stands true when when you yeah, over so the you vulnerable store. space like that.
0: Creator entrepreneurs tend to uh, struggle with this a little bit, I think, which is, are you a writer first or a founder and what then happens to your expression? And so, hey, great, you're doing this amazing thing and you're building, but it's a short life. You just wanted to tell stories, but now you're enabling stories and, you may just not have the stamina, which I currently don't have the stamina or the bandwidth to find my own story. Mm. Uh, and this is, well, at a more uh, romantic, poetic level, my story, but just the act of writing out a story. You know, so when you read, say, the God of Small Things, or you read a, mm. a great book and you're like, oh my God, how you wish you had the time and the, the poise. So, yeah, just a question to you, which is, if you... Had to look at it from the outside. Um, how do you grapple a question like that for this breed of creator founders? And many will will blossom with with the years to come. Um, from the Bowen bombs of the world who are now running their own production houses to run and so many others, right? So um, and you can coexist, I've been coexisting, but there's always a trade-off.
1: Of course. And and that trade-off sometimes questions you and puts you in a spot where you said, I would never do this. I would never walk down that path. I would never go away from my own craft. And now you are there having to do it and not having a choice technically. like You always have a choice, but here, because you've got to, you've signed up for this larger idea. Yeah.
0: It's
1: a tough one because... Uh, One, The choice is always personal and the cost of it or the stakes of that particular choice are so high that, you know, externally nobody can understand. So I'm going to first answer this from your personal, your journey kind of perspective. Now, because you're driven by emotions and what matters to you and how you look at the world and your interpretation of what is happening, what is coming your way, that entire experience is such a deep, essential aspect of who you are, whether you are writing or you're not writing. You're poetic, even as a leader. You're poetic, even when you're in the middle of that difficult board meeting. The way you observe minute things is happening all the time. And again, I'm I'm looking at your writing and there is there are the letter O's and A's without any loop inside them. They're very clear. Any a person with a handwriting like that has very clear heart. And I'm not trying to make it sound any holistic. I mean, like, there's extreme clarity. And whatever you experience, you want to put it out there. You want to share it. You And that that journey is so much more important. So whether you do it now or you do it after some time, you will never lose this, according to me. Because you are poetic about everything. You might not be able to write it in that manner, the way you would like to take out time. But that doesn't mean you're not writing. Like the grind that you go through and, you know, I was reading Paulo Coelho's uh, interviews and, and how he describes his journey and and he was sent to prison and he had very difficult, you know, adulthood. And in spite of all of that, or probably because of all of that, he became the writer that he became. So at large, I, I believe in the process. So we may think that you are right now away from your craft, but who knows, this is a part of building the craft that you will own after some time and you will realize the struggle of the character or struggle of a person or people who would come along. This. So many times when I analyze people on the podcast or, you know, when as a as a coach, I feel I get to discover pretty much in every intense session I get to discover Mm -hmm. a new side of my personality while talking to them. And I feel how can that be you're doing something day in day out for Mm -hmm. such a long time. It should, how weird is your personality that you keep discovering (laughs) it every now and then. But those nuances kind of build and that's so poetic. I feel sometimes people think I'm talking about them but in in weird ways and unknown ways I'm rediscovering that that part of myself through them. And when I meet someone similar in the future, I'm so accurate. And they're like, how do you know all of this about me? I don't, but I've met so many people who follow that trajectory. And those observations have created such clarity about who they are and how they function. The next person you meet is is not the first one. So you always have the the bandwidth, the, the observations that you carry along. And I think same is applicable to you as a writer. But at any moment of conflict where you feel, is it really going away, leaving me? I can look at your handwriting and assure you that it won't, it can't because that's who you are. that That's at the core of, of everything. So if tomorrow you say, will this business person leave me? I would say, I don't know. Probably he may, but the writer would never leave you.
0: Yeah, words are events is so profound. I love it. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. This <laughs> thank was you. absolutely amazing.
1: What did you learn from this conversation? Did you make notes? Because I feel the conversation around community and also about the conflict a leader goes through was very meaningful. If you are a leader, or aspiring leader, you'll know that these challenges are not spoken about. Mostly people talk about the results, but the journeys where you have these moments of realizations, for me, they are their pores of wisdom and otherwise they're not discussed. And when you walk into a coaching session, when you walk into a space like this, you discover those parts about people and their work style, which are otherwise dormant or unseen or come across as natural. So I hope you have made notes and please make sure that you act on one or two things this week, because it is not in learning that you will discover the best possible version of yourself, but in acting and experimenting. So please do that more I do this work of knowing people I have come to realize how little I know about people and myself and that feeling is what keeps you curious grounded and going if you want to know more about the work that we do with organizations and individuals with mental gym and high performance coaching you can check out my website aditisarana.com if you want to be part of our community you can check out my Instagram handle Sarana. I'll see you on Friday idea with one more episode of the absolutely right podcast till then happy writing